Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Brendan's back at the 630 Chad Studios. Just had Reed on the show, myself and Reed. Uh, cast of thousands will have our draft day coverage starting at 4 o'clock Edmonton time tomorrow. Of course, we've had uh, Brian Lawton and Brian Burke and Elliot Friedman as regulars on the show all over the course of the last several months. Lots of discussion, but one of the areas that is, is kind of a specified role has been on the draft. And one guy that is well-respected uh, by... Uh, multiple NHL organizations out there, and we've had them on the show before, from HockeyProspect.com, is Mark Edwards. Mark, it's Bob Stoffer. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. How you doing today? Good. You should be happy, because you and Jack Michaels are the only two Cleveland Brown fans I know, and they're both... Uh, you, your team's 3-1 and one right now, so you're off to a good start. Good times. Good times. I think they finally have a coach. Well, that, that's that's always a help. Let's get right to it. Uh, from your perspective, and by the way, maybe educate our listeners. How many scouts actually contribute to HockeyProspect.com? Uh, we're just up in the the high twenties, but you got to remember that's covering the, the Quebec Major Junior Draft and the OHL Draft as well. So the number gets a lot less uh, for those that are just targeting for the NHL Draft. How would you assess the depth of this draft overall this year? I really like this draft, and, uh, and you know, if we were talking, you know, even in say early November, um, I probably would have had a different answer. Uh, but the more I watched, um, and also schedule plays a part in it. You know, where I'm traveling, all that sort of thing uh, plays a part of it, and, and when I see the guys. But uh, by the time we we came through, um, you know, February and and into the spring, and, and uh, obviously when COVID shut us down and started on a video as well. Uh, I really started to, to, to like this draft, especially the top 20-ish. Uh, but there's good depth as well. Um, you know, we've got, I think last year maybe we had 18 or 19 A-rated players. So that's just the first, first run, you know, grade we give. Uh, and I think this year we went all the way up to about 26 or 27 maybe. 27, I think, uh, with an A-grade. Um, and the B-grades we give for uh, second, third round grade um, much like you've seen before from other from other places, but it goes uh, you know goes pretty good into uh, say the 50 range. And you got to remember when I say 50, um, just like you know the Oilers list to be or any NHL team. By the time they hit their 50th guy, that could be uh, a late you know a later round pick, you know anywhere from a fifth, uh, sixth round or something like that. It just depends on the draft, but you know it's not who they're taking at 50, so to speak. So. Um, I think, you know, we really like guys right up to around that 50 range and then a little past that. But um, the top 20 is is the big change for me compared to last year. I really like it a lot more. 
All right. Uh, the consensus number one is Alexis Lafreniere. We're not even going to talk about him. We know he's going number one. The question starts at number two. Um, and some people thought when Mike Fudo was relieved of his duties from the LA Kings, that meant that there was going to be a lean to Tim Stutzla, uh, the German going number two to LA. I'm not convinced that's necessarily going to be the case. Uh, but the sort of consensus two guys there are Quinton Byfield and Tim Stutzla. Your organization, HockeyProspect.com, has Stutzla ranked number two. Why? Yeah, Stutzla was, for us, was um, probably closer to, to one than to three. In other words, the gap between him and Byfield for us was, was um, you know, significant enough that it wasn't a, a huge decision. Uh, Byfield was more trying to hold off uh, Cole Perfetti uh, for us. And, I mean, I know scouts that don't have, you know, quite a few scouts that don't have Byfield, you know, for instance, in their top five. Um, so, and then there's other scouts that have them, you know, number two for sure. But there's more of a wide range. Uh, Stutzla is, is an incredibly uh, smart player. Uh, the, the skating is is off the charts good. Uh, he's got stronger uh, in this in this crazy year where the draft wasn't in June, obviously, and we're about to finally have it unfold here. Uh, he's got stronger in the summer. The scouts have been doing, depending on the team, have been doing Zoom calls. Uh, through the summer, some took a break and got back at it. Uh, so they've got the information on how much stronger he's gotten uh, throughout the summer. And he's not the only one, but uh, it's it, for us, it came down to that hockey sense component. Um, we project them uh, in our ranking as a winger. In other words, when it came time to, to, to make the decision right. on the ranking, we put him as a winger. But it wouldn't shock us, shock us if he could play some center in the NHL. Um, so that's obviously a positive. Um, and Byfield, um, the, the weakness would be for us, uh, and it's not to say he's a dumb hockey player, uh, but the hockey sense just isn't in the, the category of some of those other guys up at the top, especially right, right ahead of them. Um, and hockey sense is our number one criteria as far as when we're going through uh, to do our rankings and, and the projections along with that. Mark, do you have another group after that? That's yeah, so like, other, yeah. I, I guess if I was gonna, if I was gonna say the real, the real group would be probably the six to ten. So, so for us, it's Jack Quinn, Seth Jarvis, Lucas Raymond, uh, Marco Rossi, uh, Alexander Holtz. That whole group was incredibly tight, um, difficult to rank. Um, I think a lot of the NHL teams would have a lot of these same players in their top ten, eleven, twelve guys. Uh, but the you know just the order would change, um, and depending on when you were talking to us, the order obviously could have been flipped by a guy here or there. But that group was incredibly difficult to rank, and, and it's a great group to, to finish off the top ten. Well, so you have Perfetti at four, and you have Jake Sanderson at five ahead of Jamie Drysdale, and a lot of the other guides and uh, experts have Drysdale you know three or four spots higher than Sanderson. What do you like about Sanderson over Drysdale? Yeah, just uh, a little more complete, um, and just when you're projecting the uh, the projection, we have him more as a chance to be a number one guy uh, and log some some high minutes against the other team's best. Uh, he's bigger, um, whereas Drysdale, um, not an absolute uh, total shutdown guy. And when I say this, he's ranked 12th on our list. It's not like we don't like him, uh, but definitely he's, he's lower on our list than, than we've seen on some others. The biggest reason for Drysdale at 12, though, uh, compared to seeing him higher on some other lists, 
um, we just don't see the the offensive projections, and I think some others do. I mean, when I've seen names like Makar and Hughes attached to him as comparables, um, he's just not in that hemisphere for us. Um, just don't see that at all. Uh, so that obviously would be something that warranted us dropping him slightly. Uh, Sanderson's very complete, very smart. Um, as good a skater as Drysdale is, Sanderson, we think, is even better. Um, and he's a bigger kid. He's 6'2". So um, just not many mistakes for Sanderson, uh, mental mistakes, um, competes hard. Um, and it was a real tale of two seasons, too, and it was interesting talking to him that he, he agreed with us. We said, you know, it just looked like he just decided to change the way you play and decide to play more offensive when he hit around the Christmas mark, and he said that that was true. He did try and incorporate it more in his game, and when he did that, he just took off. Uh, and his draft spot went through the roof because he just started making everybody around him that much better. Um, and he was, you know, he was gaining the offensive blue line on his own and distributing pucks and, and flashing some skill and some offensive tools. Uh, you've got an interesting run on WHL players, several of whom, generally speaking, we're joined by Mark Edwards from HockeyProspect.com, several of them of whom you have ranked higher than the majority of the other experts. You have Seth Jarvis, who I love, from Portland. you got him at seven. Uh, Braden Schneider, who's a late-born player, maybe matured a little bit quicker than some other kids in the draft, out of Brandon at 11. Tristan Robbins out of Saskatoon. I know I've talked to Colin Priestner and Dan Tenser about those guys and are about Tristan Robbins. And you know, some people think he's a third round pick. Ridley Gregg, who I think plays a lot like Darcy Tucker, 14th. Like you're, those are those are way. I mean, I, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys obviously believe in him because there's a lot of other people that certainly Greg. Some people think Greg's a late first round pick. Uh, Jarvis has been a climber. Craig Button moved him up to 12th today in his rankings. So let's talk about the four WHL kids. We'll start with Seth Jarvis. What do you like about him? Well, the compete is right through the roof. Uh, incredibly smart player as well. Skilled, obviously, we're not going to have him that high if he, if he doesn't have skill. But just our, our main criteria, so hockey sense first, uh, and then the compete skill and the skating, uh, there's no weakness there. If, if you were going to name a weakness, it would probably just be that he's not a, a huge kid. Um, but uh, the interview was, was fantastic uh, when we interviewed him as well. Uh, there's just there's really just nothing to point at to to. to concern you with that player. Uh, then we go down to Schneider, you touched on. Love this kid. I talked about Sanderson playing minutes and being able to match up. That's what we think about Schneider, too. Again, another off-the-chart interview as well, and several scouts I talked to uh, pointed to his interview as being one of their favorites. Uh, huge kid, uh, physical, strong. Uh, the offensive game started to flash a little bit. Is he going to be a power play one? Started? No, I don't think so. But I think he's a guy who can play 25 minutes. He can shoot it. Best. He's got a heavy shot, right? Oh, there's there's some talent there. But, I mean, to be a, a, a real NHL power play guy, as you know, there's there's got to be some yeah. high, high end skill. We've, we've seen some D rip-up juniors, some some D rip-up junior with ridiculous points, and uh, they can't crack an NHL power play. That takes a lot to get on some teams' power plays. So, uh, but that's our rankings based more on, on his strength, which is just absolutely uh, being smart, good with the puck. He moves the puck really well, um, really poised. Uh, I mentioned last week on an interview, 
I had the chance to coach out Petrangelo uh, in midget. And uh, I don't do the player comparison thing very often, and I'm not saying he's Alex Petrangelo, but the one little piece of him when I was watching him that reminded me of Petro was just how calm he was and how poised he was. And that reminded me of when I was coaching Petro, you know, close to around that same age. So really big fan of Schneider and what he can bring. And when you watch the NHL playoffs, you just need these guys. You're not going to advance without the guys that can play the big minutes and shut down. Uh, Tristan Robbins is obviously higher on our list than pretty much uh, anywhere you'll see. Um, if you just think about what I've said about Seth Jarvis, um, yep. a lot of the same traits. Compete yep. through the roof, skilled. Uh, I've heard people say skating's an issue. No, it's not an issue. If, if you watch him, the skating's fine. Uh, but just the, the smarts, the skill, the skating, and the compete, again, it's, it's very much like a, a Seth Jarvis type. Ridley Gregg, another one where complete compete is off the charts. Uh, you watch playoffs and and and, and guys that are going to just excel uh, by by being a pest and competing and going to the net. Gregg will take the puck to the net. He'll take punishment in front of the net. Um, same thing with with the guys that just mentioned Jarvis Robbins. Uh, you know they'll go to the net and they're also not afraid to bring the puck to the net. It's something we really look for. Uh, you got to be able to score from the inside. These guys do it. And Greg, really underrated in the playmaking department. Uh, skating got better, so the compete, uh, skill, uh, there's just a lot to like with that player. All right. Uh, I agree with where you've got Dylan Holloway ranked. you got him at 29. I, To me, Marty Reisner is the comparable there. Uh, I do want to ask you about a couple German players. Jason, uh, John Jason uh, Paterka, as well as uh, Lucas Reichel. Yeah, so Reichel's at 15, uh, Paterka's at 24 on our list. Really like both players. Uh, we actually had at the midway point, Paterka ranked above Reichel, and that flipped as we made our work from January to June, uh, mostly because just more of the complete player uh, that, that Reichel uh, started to show us. Um, incredible skater, uh, very smart uh, the compete for Reichel was, was probably the weakness, but I'm not saying he's some lazy kid or anything. Just compared to some of the players in that area of the draft, uh, it would be the area where he had some sort of, uh, you know, award where here and there maybe didn't compete as hard as we'd want for uh, going in on the forward check or winning a win a puck race, that sort of thing. Uh, Paterka, very raw still. Um Started watching him last year, and he jumped off the page because of his uh, skill and scoring ability, and we still saw that this year. But just a little bit more raw in the hockey sense and, you know, changing his pace. He's kind of more of a pedal to the metal, one speed all the time, uh, whereas you think about a guy who I love, like a Perfetti. Perfetti really knows how to create lanes for himself um, by changing up his speed and, and seeing what's all around him whereas a Paterka was kind of just like a pedal to the metal, playing hard all the time and just drive, drive, drive. Nothing wrong with that, but you're going to create more opportunities if you have a little bit of pace here and there. So really good players. Um, the Germans this year, it's, it's fun to watch after uh, following up from Sider last year. Um, but yeah, uh, Reichel separated in the second half and, and actually pulled away, and it, it wasn't that close uh, for us between those two. Final uh, question from Mark Edwards from HockeyProspect.com. I'm going to do the gratuitous uh, WHL influence question. Uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, Jake Neighbors, 
And the Spokane Chiefs, Jack Finley, who some would say could be a theoretical, uh, interesting project type pick. Yeah, so neighbors first. Uh, for us, more just the skating. Uh, there's a lot to like about that player. We had him higher um, earlier. He slipped a little bit but by the time the final ranking came. But certainly a lot to like about that player. I know some scouts who, who really like him have him uh, higher than, than we do on our list. And then Finley, uh, obviously, uh, son of a scout um, yep. and uh, former Red Wing scout now with the Jets. Um, big kid. Skating is the issue there as well. Uh, plods along a little bit. Might take a little bit longer to develop, but that's normal for the big kids. Um, as they strengthen their core, the skating always gets better. I remember with Boone Jenner, that was you know an example. Um, and I've seen that over and over throughout the years. Uh, but uh, pretty pretty smart player. Uh, just some of the pace sometimes with Finley was something that I didn't love. And then obviously, along with the pace, just the, the, a little bit of plotting with the skating. But I will say he improved a lot towards the end, and the skating uh, came a long way this year. Um, even though it's not where you know ultimately we'd like it to be, he did progress a lot in that department this year as he got stronger. Uh, Mark Edwards from HockeyProspect.com. How do people get access? I know you've got you put a book out every year. How do people get access to it? Just uh, they can buy it online. Yeah, just simply go to HockeyProspect.com. Uh, click on the store link, and you can go in there, and it's uh, instant access, uh, digital download. And I actually created a, a coupon. You can get fifteen percent off. Just put in Oilers in the coupon code there. All right, great stuff. Thanks for your time, Mark. Much appreciated. Yeah, Yep, yep. Good yeah, you bet. It is 150 in Edmonton. We got some stuff to bang off here. There's an old saying in the car business that cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Now, 0% financing back at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Come down, see the deals on 2020 F 150s, Escapes, Mustangs, and more. Plus, get a trade in bonus of at least 1000 when you swap out your 2016 model or older. You can visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny. And the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin, or go online at brentridge.com. That was Mark Edwards from HockeyProspect.com. We'll tell you, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu. A list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The state in Oilers history. <laughs> Brendan went way back. It was a good year to be in Edmonton. That's all I'm going to tell you. Here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, back in 1983, the first game of the 83-84 season, the Oilers beat the Maple Leafs 5-4 at Northlands Coliseum. Wayne Gretzky scored a shorthanded goal and a power play assist to begin his legendary 51-game point streak. Uh, again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. The paddle boats texting in the show. Bob, what would the apple, uh, appetite be for Brandon Montour? I, I don't know. Uh, first of all, Buffalo still has, what, another day to decide whether or not they're going to qualify him or not. Uh, Buffalo's got a ton of cap space. I personally have always liked Brandon Montour. I can remember at one time there were rumors of a nail Yakupov for Montour trade. Um, that never ultimately came to fruition. I mean, Anaheim had all those young defensemen. I mentioned Botnan on the show today, represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson. Tyson Berry, 
uh, put yourself in the positions of a free agent who knows the lay of the land for the next year or two in the NHL. Where can I drive my numbers? Where can I bounce back? Well, if you're Tyson Berry and the Oilers have an injured Oscar Clefbaum, somebody's got to slot in on Edmonton's first power play unit. Um, a power play, by the way, that was the best power play we've seen in the last 40 years in the NHL. If I'm a defenseman, that's appetizing to me. Uh, so Tyson Berry looks to be headed to be a UFA. Sammy Botnin, the Carolina Hurricanes have already declared, will not be back. So he's going to go to free agency. Uh, they picked him up in a trade during the season from the New Jersey Devils. Now, that said, Botnin did not produce in New Jersey the way he did in Anaheim. He had double-digit goals one year. Uh, Montour and Buffalo, you know, they have Rasmus uh, Dahlin and Ras, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen in there that play ahead of him. So he doesn't see significant time. Uh, Montour can really skate. That's the one thing. I, I, you got to be able to skate, and he can transition it. So I mean, any one of those guys, theoretically, could make sense. Uh I said, who should the Oilers go grab if you had about $10 million? And someone said Galchenyuk as a third-line center for $2 million. Hoffman left wing for $4 million. Holpe for $4 million. I Well, we'll, we'll see on Holpe in terms of what he's going to get. Drop-off for Holpe occurred after Barry Trotz and Mitch Korn left the Washington Capitals. I, that said, by all reports, I've heard that Braden Holpe's an incredible guy. Hoffman? Might not get what he's worth based on his production. Galchenyuk, to me, is, I don't think you can, he's, he's more of a, a winger to me at this stage than a third line center. That's my own personal, uh, <laughs> perspective. Uh, again, you can text. We have some guys that are being funny today. I don't know what's, what's in the water. Uh, Armsworth says, what about Lundquist? I think that Lundquist stays in the East Coast. Like, put it this way, Tyson Berry to me, I think he's signing in the West. It could end up being Vancouver, but I think he's signing up in the West. Might be the Oilers. I see Lundqvist signing in the Eastern Conference of the National Hockey League. Again, Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight from 6 to 8. They got the coaches show uh, taking place with Morley Scott uh, late in the second hour of that show. Uh, coming up today... On Jalen Nye at the 6.30 chat afternoons, after spending three nights in hospital fighting his COVID-19 infection, U.S. President Donald Trump is expected to be released this afternoon. Jalen will have uh, all of the very latest as she checks in with the Global News Washington Bureau. Coming up after the 2 o'clock Global News weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Tomorrow's show is fluid. We'll see what happens. Join you tomorrow at noon. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.